Well, welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in the new age of humanity, homo spiritus, that is, that version of the new age of humanity, by practicing dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries yet have yet to try en masse. And the one thing that we're referring to in this podcast is our connection to the higher self part of us that people call by different names. It's our true self anatomy. And our prime directive, as Lori and I see it, above all else, is to make and constantly return to top connection day in and day out as our first step in dealing with life problems rather than viewing life problems as things we can solve separately from TOT. And in this episode, we uncovered the wily, sneaky ways of disconnection. We'll discuss how to spot the subtle seductions that disconnect us from higher love and wisdom despite our higher intentions, and without us even realizing this is happening sometimes, and how we can reduce this deeply human and ever so common tendency. Right. And before you say something about our topic for today, I just wanted to say this idea of of never having tried, you know, the one thing, the talk connection en masse actually means, and I don't know that we've ever said this, so it just kind of popped in. So I think it might be important to say, and mass means that each one of us, or there's, there's a critical mass of us that are engaging in what we've been talking about in these conversations. So your, your participation is important <laughs> to tipping the scale. So I just wanted to say that. And, you know, human beings, each one of us are fully capable of thinking that we're acting in loving ways or that we're coming from a, a connected and, uh, you know, sort of instrumental place, while we're actually not, we're actually disconnected and maybe even more in fear than we realize. And that doesn't actually produce um, the, the, the output of love, if you will. And, you know, we do this more common, it's far more common that we do this than not. And even among well-intended people, we all know, and I, I, you know, I consider myself and David one of those people. We're, we're well-intended. We have good hearts. We mean well. We want to make a good impact in society. And yet we can be still unaware that we're disconnected and we're not contributing, um, you know, the essence of love, we're, but actually we're contributing more the energy of fear and all of the fear, all of fear's cohorts, you know, annoyance and hate and judgment. And, you know, it's a long list doubt and worry and all anxiousness and stress. All of those are cohorts of fear. In case you're wondering, there's a lot of um, stuff now being written on this, not only in um, neurobiology, but there's information on the defense mode network in our brain and how we operate from these old patterns. And all those old patterns are based entirely in fear. So we have to really up-level our uh, intention to understand how our mind and body and heart work when it comes to the moment-by-moment -moment choice to choose love over fear. And this, you know, the mind can be quite wily in those ways, convincing us that we're doing that when we're, we may not be. Quite, quite true. And yes, it, it's so common among 
well-intended peoples, which is people, which is why we're doing this episode on this topic. And, you know, the thing that in Laurie and my experiences uh, that we most fall prey to is thinking that we're acting from a loving place, even though we rarely check in with spirit to find out if we're actually doing that in the highest, most divine way. It's like going in and out, um, you know, connecting and then getting on with worldly things and then forgetting disconnection, forgetting to check in, and then not realizing that we've gotten disconnected from higher love and wisdom until kind of delayed reaction until sometime later where it's like, oh, yeah, I got it. I, I disconnected. I didn't realize. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we might all each of us, you know, tending to this piece might have this overarching intention to be in aligned with our higher self and our higher self only expresses love and only flows love into us into our brain centers and our hearts and our cells. And we're the ones who who um, block it, if you will. Um, and, you know, that so what what I wanted to say about that is that if if you're willing to check in more often throughout the day and make sure you're connected, because it's hard to say in the morning when we wake up or meditating, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that way today. But then it's five o'clock in the afternoon and all of a sudden you just had, you know, six arguments and 10,000 judgments and <laughs> all of those things add up and matter. So what what my point is, is that it requires overarching intention and it requires moment to moment, like breath by breath um, connection so that our words, our thoughts, our words, and our actions are in alignment with that higher self-love presence. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm actually in a moment going to give an example of that that happened for me today. Uh, first, I want to kind of provide a context for that, which is that even though our minds hate to not know. And that may not be true of all of us, but it's certainly true of my mind. And I know that I'm not alone in hating to not know. It's important to get into the habit of assuming nothing, to assume that we don't know what's most loving about any given thought, action, or situation. So my example from today was that I was busy um, connecting some new connections to my computer while I was trying to have my uh, my nutrition shake for lunch. And I had the top open and I hit the top and all of the all of the liquid went flying all over my desk. And it's not and just liquid, it's sticky. It's really it's sticky. Thick. It's this yeah. viscous, it's thick. And my instant reaction was, you know, I just kind of lost it. And I was instantly worried that I was, uh, had ended up destroying some of my, uh, my equipment <laughs> that was on my desk, which fortunately I didn't, but that's kind of getting ahead of things because before I knew whether or not any of my equipment had been destroyed by the liquid, I managed to catch myself and say to myself, you know, I don't know what this is for. I'd like to think that this is for the purpose of bothering me and being a nuisance and I'm clumsy and all the, you know, inner critic shtick. Mm -hmm. But I caught myself and I thought, okay, 
if I'm serious about what we're talking about in this episode, I'm shifting right now into beginner's mind. I don't know what this is for. Uh, I, I know the things I'm not going to get to do this afternoon because I'm cleaning this stuff up and set instead, but I don't know what this is for. I don't know what my highest, uh, my highest interests are. Show me how to restore love, reconnect me to higher wisdom. So I went into that, uh, that state of assuming that I didn't know what was most loving about that particular situation. And in honoring that I didn't know, I was able to restore love and connection much more rapidly. And I've had a delightful rest of my afternoon as a result. Mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it made me think, um, this idea of not knowing is similar and in, in a lot of respects, not uh, dissimilar at all of living in the mystery and human minds have a really difficult time living in the mystery because it doesn't know if it's safe to live in the mystery. <laughs> so um, the only part of us, and we've talked about this, but the only part of us that knows how to live in the mystery and and it isn't really a mystery to our higher self or to live in this higher love and wisdom is our higher presence it's this this larger part of ourselves that is the non-physical anatomy for each of who we are and if if our lower mind already knew how to do this if if it didn't need our higher mind to do this then there would be peace on earth at this very moment but the problem is our lower mind doesn't know how to access higher love and wisdom. All it knows how to do is put the brakes on and, and, and live in this sort of hyper vigilant fear, you know, fear stance, safety place, you know, how to stay safe. And, um, and so, you know, this is what we're calling each of ourselves to is to, is to, continue to practice to live in this higher connected state so that we can start trusting higher love and wisdom to come through us and teach us how to recover from spilled nutritional drinks at lunch and, <laughs> and every, you know, and fixing the larger problems on the planet and everything in between. So, um, you know, that that's the continual invitation that we will issue as a result of our understanding of how well this works when we say yes to this higher part of our anatomy. Absolutely. And so with that, we're going to dig down into a number of nitty gritty details now about this. And the first of those nitty gritty details is how do we know if we've checked in or checked out with spirit? How do we know if we've checked in with the one thing? And one of the most common symptoms of not having checked in or having checked out of connection with the one thing is negative judgments. So how we know when we've checked in with the one thing is a lack of negative judgments, a lack of attack thoughts, you know, uh, blame thoughts, shame thoughts, accusations, um, negative, um, you know, disparaging judgments. Uh, lack of negative judgments will be more present than not even when we have boundaries that we need to set. And the, the thing that I think is really important about this is that we're not talking about being doormats here. 
containment, containment of something that's not okay is not attack. Attack is something completely different. Uh, attack is I'm going to do the containing and I'm going to have vengeance too, or I'm going to be accusatory, or I'm going to be judgmental, or I'm going to be self-righteous, or I'm going to subject myself to an inner critic attack, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Containment, pure, true, one thing oriented containment is not attack. Authentic containment doesn't include hate or vengeance or inner critic attacks or lack of love. And the reason that I'm emphasizing this is because in my experiencing, in my experience over many decades working with people to complete unresolved anger, not anger management, but anger completion, what I have learned, among other things, is that most people don't discern between vengeance and containment. Containment is about boundaries. Containment is about staying safe and uh, and and keeping keeping ourselves and others safe. Vengeance is about attacking because we need to keep ourselves or each other safe. So this discernment between, between vengeance and containment is really crucial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a, a beautiful example of the difference, the discernment between fear and love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We can be very loving and doing and do containment. Right, right. We can also do containment out of fear. And that is very disconnected with the one thing. Right, right. Especially, not especially, but in not leaving ourselves out of this equation, like that, that kind of, yeah. Anyway, we could keep talking about that, but <laughs> our next, uh, our next way to ch just check in and see if you're connected or disconnected with this higher source of love is how peaceful do you feel inside? Um, is, is stress and worry, does that have more of your inner you know, attention and awareness than a sense of peace and centeredness. And this to me is a, this is a, this is the true meaning of surrender and yielding to my higher self. Like I literally have spent some number of years in my mind's eye, taking the reins from my small mind and handing it over to my higher self. And the minute I do that, the minute I surrender what I think things should be and, you know, all twisted up in a worry state or a stress state, there's a sense of serenity and peace that, that accompanies my, my surrender or my, my willingness to yield to my higher self. So if you're not in a state of at least neutral, but ideally a sense of peace and, and centeredness, then you might want to just check in and see, you know, how, how, how truly connected are you in the moment? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one of the caveats that we want to offer about this is that if you're anything like us, your small mind, your ego will not like this lack of negative judgments and lack of attack thoughts, uh, inner critic freedom. Uh, but when it comes to the choice between love and fear, agitated emotions such as any variety or intensity level of fear, anger, sadness, or shame are never justified as the guideposts for what to say or do. And I want to say that last one again about the these um, agitated kinds of emotions. It's not that we're bad people if we have them. That's 
human. If we go from having an agitated emotion into justifying its existence, we have completely disconnected from the one thing in that moment that that agitated emotions are never justified as the guideposts for what to say or do. Beautiful, beautiful. And and these agitated human emotions are also not identifiers. We do not want to live identified as one who is overly critical or one who is, you know, overly uh, attacking, right? That's not, that's not a, that's not our true nature. And we want to acknowledge that this is hard. (laughs) Parsing out and untangling our human emotions and asking our higher self to help us see what's more real and more true uh, about our own emotions is a is a journey. It, it, it is because the human mind just deeply and passionately wants to believe the evidence it sees that justifies our being in an emotional tangle or in a stressed state or justifying attacking or judging another And honestly, even if what they're doing is agreed by every other person on the planet as not right, as wrong, our justification for the attack is is the point. That's where the work is. That's where we uh, we we give it back to our source so that we can we can have a, a sense of peace inside, a peace that actually passes most people's understanding. Yes, 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 yes. So when we choose love, the the range of top-connected emotions includes things like happiness. I'm not talking about kind of the narcissistic, self-centered version of happiness. I'm talking about that expansive, connected sense of happiness. Includes uh, emotions like happiness, gratitude, satisfaction, peace, and so forth. All other emotions, the ones that I was referring to earlier, agitated emotions, are communication signals that are designed to alert us that we've disconnected from higher love and wisdom. And our job, if we value connection with the one thing, is to pay attention, is to live in those, in those uh, you know, love-connected emotions as much as possible and to to pay attention to our agitated emotions and treat them accordingly meaning as a call to reconnect with higher love and wisdom exactly beautiful and um so, sometimes I, I i get a little uh what's the word like um it isn't clear to me what what is human happiness and what is higher happiness? So I, I sometimes don't use that word. Gratitude is an easy one because it's easy to, but I do like that the feeling of asking for my higher presence to teach me the feeling of satisfaction and or fulfillment in regards to any situation because that's a little less I don't know triggering or you know that that kind of thing. So if that's helpful to you, then certainly take it. And we, we also just want to, again, emphasize that the more people who are, a will, who are willing to adopt these practices that we're talking about, the more and the faster we will reduce our collective mindsets and actions based on fear and attack. That is a big deal. 
It is such a big deal. So your part is a huge contribution to reducing the collective uh, consciousness that that hooks into fear and hooks into attack and then outpictures it in the world in all the forms that we're seeing today. So please be willing to join the collective consciousness of reducing that and increasing fulfillment and satisfaction by being an expression of our higher self. Yes. That's a perfect lead in actually to something that I want to say as well to, to uh, expand on this even further, which is that when we can discern these differences that Lori and I have been talking about in this episode within ourselves, the more we can do that, the more we can discern connection, taught connection and disconnection in others as well, and especially in political leaders so that we become more sophisticated in deciding who we want to vote for beyond party or policy and etc. And the this is this is really what is so often meant by the larger piece can only come after the smaller piece we make with ourselves and each other. This, uh, this, this kind of discernment that we're talking about is hugely important today in deciding who we support and don't support in governance, in business, in leadership roles, in closer versus more distant relationships, personal relationships, et cetera, et cetera. This discernment is pivotal. Yes, exactly. It's it's pivotal to every decision we make, however small or large, to be honest. So we want to offer some uh, four takeaways. Uh, they're short and sweet. Um, and the first one is we are inviting you to practice getting comfortable with not knowing. Practice living in that space where you can be receptive to insights and impulses from your higher self, which is the, op it, it's different than, you know, jumping right to this uh, knowing place in your, in your lower human mind. Uh, practice assuming that you know nothing about anything, right? Other than that you don't know what's most loving about any given thought, action, or situation until you check in with your higher self, first by connecting, then by being an inquiry about it, and then receiving the insights that your inquiry prompts from your higher self. Perfect. And the second takeaway is we want to encourage you to practice treating your agitated emotions as alerts that you're disconnected, not justifications, not, uh, not uh, as opportunities to indulge the agitated emotion. Right. And the alerts is to connect, right? I know we've said it throughout, but just to sort of be repetitive there. The other thing is to, we're asking uh, you to consider to get comfortable with being taught by this higher wisdom part of yourself. Um, practice asking to see through the eyes and feel the feelings of, and, you know, taste and smell and hear everything through this higher uh, energetic part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, what, what just came to me as I was listening to you say that was a bumper sticker or a, a, a t-shirt um, message saying taught by tot. 
Oh yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only way we're going to dig our, dig ourselves out of any mess. <laughs> Small, sure medium, is. or large. Yeah. I think, I think this is the beginning of tot merch. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and the fourth and final takeaway that we want to leave you with on this topic is to remember that this, what we're talking about here is not about being a doormat. It's about loving through nurturance or loving through containment, because both of those are forms of love when nurturance is not a form of indulgence and containment is not a form of shaming. Uh, so remember that this is not about being a doormat. It's about, about being loving and being guided about what to do or not do, about what to say or not say by higher love and wisdom rather than from our seemingly separated little small egos. Yeah, exactly. And again, that takes practice. Um, and we we really honor you for sticking with us, however many episodes you've been with us, and certainly certainly through this episode, because these are these are um, really important things for you to be invited into and to consider. So, and our next episode, we're going to be talking, we're going to kind of lighten it up a little bit and talk about the lightness of being to make your path infinitely easier. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can keep living a more and more fully thriving life as homo spiritus. 